I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. <laughs> okay, so welcome back to the Golden State Killer episode. I've told you all about his, you know, stint as the Visalia Ransacker. Mm-hmm. And I've told you part of what he did as the East Area Rapist. So yes. let's finish up this moniker and then we'll go on to, we'll the, go next. on to the next one. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Okay, so where was I? What did I say last? Oh, the young victim. Yes. Okay, so sorry. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I told you about the hiding, kind of hiding in the home and waiting and then just popping out and be like, just kidding, I'm still here. Yeah. So he kind of did that a lot and he would just reappear and start torturing them again and he also this is so weird would sometimes eat food out of their fridge so he would like oh yeah I heard about this part yeah yeah he would just like get food and sit at their kitchen table and casually eat it which is I think the most telling piece of evidence that he's a sociopath is is that you're you're able to just commit something like arguably the worst crime you can commit Mm -hmm. and then just eat some leftovers right like, yeah what while while your victims are still tied up how how you know how if you're not a sociopath I know yeah or I, or very severely damaged that's also an option mm-hmm. yeah and have like zero empathy for what's just happened God. yeah it's crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> so and he did that in the other stuff too like he would steal food he would steal soup cans mm-hmm. what is that it's, I don't know. I like, like I said, I like, I don't have any good explanations for a lot of this stuff because it's just weird. Weird. Ugh. Yuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, it, I mean, it probably, if we wanted to read into it, you know, uh-huh. could maybe have something to do with like just being extra invasive and violating you even more. Yeah, like, that's... not only have I done X, Y, and Z, but now I'm taking your food, I'm taking your things. Right. And that's like, that would be the only explanation I would have for something like that. That was a like, that's like eating their, that's eating their leftovers. That's mean. That is mean. It's, it's rude. <laughs> like, you should not eat someone's leftovers. That's I, yeah. So rude. Without, you know, even it, without this extra context of like all the other stuff. <laughs> that's like, just rude. It's on just it. That's criminal rude. on its own. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> Gross. Okay. I hate this person so much. It's just, okay. Anyway. Okay, so after a long time of attacking lone women, he escalates. This, I mean, this case is like the most classic example of escalation that I can think of. So, if you ever, oh, yeah, if you ever need to explain that to someone, like do it's this like, case. So let's talk about escalation. This yeah. is how it goes. Yeah, and this really is. I mean, and on top of that, he escalates and then moves on, and then. Due to his escalations, you have these like separated out sections of mm-hmm. his crimes. It's very and the organized. <laughs> yes, he's like the most annoyingly organized serial killer that I've ever heard of before, and I hate him so much. And he's also the most organized serial rapist that we know of. So mm, gross. You know, I love me some organization, but oh, in yeah. this case, not like this though. Kind of annoyed by it. I wish he was messy and terrible and couldn't control himself at all, and that way we could catch him earlier. But. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> but he's not, so it's fine. So, okay, so like I said, he's escalating mm-hmm. and raping lone women becomes boring to him, apparently. So now he needs to like 
up his crime and he starts raping women who are in a relationship. So he right. uh, starts attacking couples. I have a question. Did uh-huh. he ever rape any men? Was that ever no. a thing or did he only do? Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So he starts just like doing the whole prowling thing and finding couples that lived alone, just like a man and a woman. And he essentially does the same exact MO, like everything's the same, except for now we have like another person to worry about. So what he would do with the men is the most uh, so smart and so awful. Like uh, <laughs> we've already established he's going to do something smart and it's going to work. And it's, it's honestly such a good idea, but it's like in the worst way possible. So right. he would tie them up like hand, like wrists and ankles. Okay. And then would it be like dog tied or just like separate? I don't know what you mean by that. Dog tied is like, like behind your back and like they're both tied together. Like your wrists no, and they your weren't. Feet. I don't think they were tied together. Okay, okay. So they were just tied up. Okay. I don't. I can't be sure though. I don't think they were though. And he would lay them on their stomachs in another room, or sometimes in the same room. And then he would place breakable items on their backs. So the classic example is a stack of plates. But he would also sometimes do like a perfume bottle or something like that. And then he would tell them in his creepy voice, "If I hear any of this break, I will kill both of you." Oh, God. So that's the, I mean, I can't think of a better way to, like, control your victims. Like, he now can go rape the woman and Without have, fear of you know, the husband breaking free. And he can have his whole satisfaction with that. But now he has the added satisfaction that he's also torturing the husband or the boyfriend or whatever. But he doesn't have to worry about it. Like, it's fine. He's, yeah. I mean, that person's not going to move. You can't move. It will break. No, and then yeah. and he's like brandishing a gun or a knife in front of you. And he's obviously not afraid to commit a very violent crime. Like, I mean, none of them did anything like none of them. Yeah. Like, what would you do? You can't. You can't do anything. You just. And he's saying again, it's like epic power over these people. And he's saying, I will not do anything if you don't move. Like, I'm just here to rape your wife or your girlfriend and to take some stuff. So, like, if you don't do anything, you're, you'll are you survive. Yeah, if you do, I'll kill you both. Yeah, and, like, normally I'm an advocate for, like, if someone says that, they're going to kill you anyway. So, like, try to attack them or try to... But you're already mm-hmm. tied up. I mean, like, you can't... Yeah, so there's he, not much you can do anyway. And so I just can't imagine how, ugh, how awful, how awful that is. Especially for, like, a man in that time where masculinity was such an just so apparent that they a man was completely dehumanized by that that they Mm -hmm. couldn't protect their wives Uh, and And even if they move and it doesn't break it'll still make a sound yeah you can't move and for some people who have you know issues with their toxic masculinity that's gonna be almost as bad as like being violently attacked is that Mm -hmm. being attacked like this person knew what type of victim needed what type of torture so example of this being a problem with a man Mm -hmm. and this is the classic story people tell about this case so I know you've heard it so (laughs) the town had a town hall meeting you know this I think so yeah (laughs) so they have a town hall meeting where they're like in Sacramento 
Like, mm-hmm. We got a serial rapist on our hands. Let's yeah. have a meeting. Let's all talk about it and yep. strategize. And I like, I think that's kind of adorable. I don't know if people still do that. I've never been to a town hall meeting. Where yeah, that I've happened. never even heard of a town hall meeting <laughs> happening either. like that. It's kind of cute. But so they have it and they're all talking and they two things from this. One, they take a photo of the town hall meeting. Yes. Two, some man at this town hall meeting says, you know, his toxic masculinity comes out and he goes, I, this is impossible. How is a man going to let someone come into their home, rape their wife and do nothing about it? No way. No man would, no man would do that. Would ever let that would happen. Would ever let that happen, which is like so annoying because people have like survived this and now you're, com- you're just yes, making it, it, it worse. You're making them even less human yeah. after this horrible experience. And it's just so annoying, but a couple months later, that guy and his wife get attacked. Mm-hmm. So now it's like almost positive that the Golden State Killer was at that town hall meeting. Or it would have a rapist at this point. Yeah, it would have to be an incredible coincidence that he wasn't there. Because I mean, yes. we're talking about Sacramento and a, a giant town, a giant mm-hmm. area. It would be very unlikely that he wasn't there, you know? So yeah. after that so he's happened. in that picture. Yeah, well, people think he's in the picture, and everyone just, like, looks at every every picture and tries to find him, but mm-hmm. I'll explain later why. why I'll, I'll say something about that later, too. Mm-hmm. Isn't that just interesting? <laughs> it's just, like, I don't know. I don't, it, it's like that guy was almost provoking that person. Yeah, like, and it's like, why, you know, this is not real. This isn't real. Who no man would let let someone do that to them. And as awful as I think that statement in itself is, and just how rude it is, honestly, he didn't deserve what happened to him. And Absolutely that's not. So awful. And but it just like goes to show how like powerful this particular person oh, was. And he, and he waited like a couple months too. A lot of people yes. when people tell this story, sometimes they're like, oh, and then the next day, and it's like that's not what happened. But no. I mean, because he probably had to, like, figure out who this person was and find Obviously. where they lived. And, yeah. You know, but it just, that just makes the, the story so interesting. I know. It's so, I mean, that's what, that's a whole true crime, the whole true crime thing is, like, we think mm-hmm. awful things are interesting. But, yeah, just to, like, see how it all pans yeah, out. Yeah, that's what I meant earlier when I was like, I wish we could just ignore this asshole, but it's impossible. It's, it's impossible. Just, it's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on to our third moniker (laughs) okay so this moniker is called the original night stalker and the night stalker is richard ramirez he Mm -hmm. was a serial killer who's actually from el paso which is where all my family's from but he was a serial killer in california Mm -hmm. around the same time and the reason he had the moniker the night stalker is that he would prowl and he would stalk people and he would do this whole thing where he would you know watch you and then at night he would attack so kind of similar he wasn't as weird he's weird but not this weird yeah and uh, (laughs) I mean he definitely like flashed a pentagram on his hand at his trial so he's pretty weird oh yeah he's an odd but guy I mean Um, the golden state killer is Beyond, yeah, he goes a little. Bit I don't further, even. I would say we would like need to make a new word to sc- describe how weird the Golden State Killer <laughs> is to like get our point across. Yeah, like effectively, weird, even the word weird doesn't. It doesn't really bizarre. Showcase. I don't even know. I don't know. 
there's not a word out there. But he's just horrible. That's <laughs> what it is. Right. So so that's the Night Stalker. So that's why yeah. he's called the original. the original Night Stalker is he does this before Richard Ramirez and uh, kind of around the same time. But he escalates again. Mm-hmm. Now raping couples or raping a woman and torturing the man and the couple the husband, isn't yeah. enough. Now he escalates to the only other thing you can do, honestly. Murder. Murder. Like, mm-hmm. there's really nothing else past that. Yeah. So during the years of 1979 to 1986, the East Area Rapist becomes known as the original Night Stalker. And he continues the same MO, but he just kills people at the end. So I don't really have a whole lot to describe about this moniker because like i said it's kind of just the same thing except for like Mm -hmm. add murder to the end of it he kills both of them right he kills everyone that was in the house yes so while operating as the original night stalker he kind of makes his way out of the east area and into southern california and he commits his murders in towns like irvine goleta and ventura and a couple others so this is where most of his murders most of his 12 murders occurred but remember we have the guy from the first right yeah first thing so mm-hmm. okay so one story the the kind of the story i want to tell for this moniker is of Sherry Domingo and Gary Sanchez so this story when i read i'll be gone in the dark is the saddest one to me like this mm-hmm. one just is it the one that opens the book no okay never mind then I don't think there's one that opens the book. Maybe in the preface there is. Yeah, there was some. There was one of them. I don't remember. I don't remember either. It's been like a year. I need to read. I should have read it again, but I <laughs> didn't. That's okay. Uh, if it's the one from the beginning, I'll remember what it is when you it's, tell me. It's not from the beginning. Okay, okay, I okay. know that for sure. So, okay. So, Debbie Domingo and her mom, Sherry, were like best friends. So, her mom... So, Sherry had Debbie when she was only 19. So... They were, you know, bound to be friends because they yeah. were just close in age. Mm-hmm. And the story's in I'll Be Gone in the Dark, but she wrote an article that I'll link below that's really powerful. And so she, when she gets a little bit older, kind of becomes really rebellious, Debbie does. Sure. And I don't know if that's because she had such a lackadaisical, not lackadaisical, laxed, relaxed relationship with mm-hmm. her mom. And maybe there wasn't right. a lot of punishment or um discipline yeah yeah, yeah. Thank you. I don't know if that's what it was or if just she was just naturally like bound to be a rebellious teenager sure but she was and at this around this time she's actually like staying with some friends and mm-hmm. she's like 16 and she I essentially kind of runs away but her mom knows where she is She's just staying with friends. <laughs> sure. She's like, I'm taking a week off from you. <laughs> yes. I'm going to my friend's house. Exactly. So she does that. And then she realizes it's like the summer mm-hmm. that she left her favorite bathing suit at home. Oh, no. Now she has to go back. So she goes back home and she tries to or she calls her mom and she's like, mm-hmm. when can I come get my bathing suit? Like, oh, are no. you when are you not going to be home or something like that? Yeah. Like- and the mom is like. Well, if you don't live here, then you forfeit all of your belongings. And she says, why don't you just stay out of my life and hung up? Oh, no. Is this the last thing that she says to her? Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's so terrible. I would feel so horrible. I know. And that is why you always end conversations on a positive note. But anyways, she... (laughs) Just to be safe. Just to be safe. So she is working. She's like at her job. And 
Sherry, her mom's friend, calls Debbie and she's like, come home right now. It's urgent. And Debbie, you know, she's like, what is so important? Why do I need to come home? No. Yeah. Yeah, She's just being like a, you know, a A teenager, teenager. And then she turns the corner and sees all the caution tape. And she's like, oh, (laughs) and oh, my God, I can't. Oh, this is going to be terrible. Okay, continue. (laughs) And so she gets there and she's like, what's happening? Like, tell me what's going on. And they're like, we can't let you in here or really tell you. But we have two dead bodies in this house and she's obviously like okay well that's my mom and her boyfriend Gary and they were victims of the Golden State Killer when he was the original Night Stalker she was raped they were both murdered and that was the last thing she said to her mom who was like her best friend I mean even though they were in this like fight and they were like having this whole thing you know yeah they were still really really close and they yeah had like a friendship dynamic not a mom daughter one which made me really sad because that's how me and my mom are and that's probably why the story stuck out to me but sure just so sad yes isn't that like the saddest I don't I mean I don't mean to compare but that story really just made me upset (laughs) yeah oh I would just I would feel so horrible if I was the daughter just because like you're you know that the last thought your mom had on earth of you was like, I hope she comes home or like mad at you about something. That's just like a really horrible thing to have weighing on your mind, considering that you will never see that person again. And the mom was probably like, whatever, she's just being a bratty teenager. She probably wasn't mad, but you know, that's how would you know? That's probably all you think about is like, Mm-hmm. My mom's last thought of me is that I have an awful teenage daughter yes, who's like, being annoying. <laughs> yes. Ugh. So sad. Mm-hmm. So. I hate. Yeah. yeah. I okay. Don't, I don't like him. So, <laughs> so the last thing I want to say about him while he was active is that he does this really, really awful thing that continues our conversation about how he his whole end game was just to be as invasive as possible in these people's lives. He would call people, his victims, after c- committing the crimes and just like call them and hang up or call them and like breathe into the phone or do things to make them know exactly who was calling them. And right to further sh- like to further the conversation I said before, it's like continuing his power over them. Yes. And in 2001 is like 2000. He's doing these calls as late as 2001. So Jesus, you know, oh, my God. What a a asshole. I know. (laughs) And there was one phone call that kind of the most infamous one is that Mm -hmm. one victim was getting called repeatedly. And she essentially I think what happened sorry I feel really feel like I should have read this book again if I like miss a detail or something it's because it's been a year but she essentially somehow gets this phone call recorded I think that she told the police and that they were like let's put a recording yeah, device they, on your phone they t- um tapped her phone right so they do that and the phone call that they have a recording of is so creepy I'll play it for you after we pause this episode but she (laughs) and if you uh, listeners want to go listen to it you could probably find it on the internet oh simple google search it's everywhere so yeah it's like breathing it's like (sighs) oh god i'm like scared (laughs) to listen to it (laughs) and then he goes i'm gonna kill you and he repeats it like in the same exact cadence which is like the creepy part like i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna kill you (laughs) stop (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm so glad we're recording this at like 2.30 in the afternoon <laughs> because I would not be able to go home alone. Is my creepy whisper uh, was not, it scaring you? Well, no, but like <laughs> just <laughs> the thought of a, a creepy whisper. Right. And there's like something happening in the background of this phone call and like all the Golden State Killer web sleuths, you know, have uh-huh. all their theories about it. And one of them was able to connect the sounds in the background to like a TV movie and like find the exact part of the movie. And oh my, these people are obsessed. I know. That's a lot. I would never spend my time doing that. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you of all people are not allowed to make fun of them. You have an entire book with like 7,000 sticky notes in it right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on our That's Instagram if you want to see it. I think we've only posted it on like our story, but let's yeah. post a picture of your out your my your my, book, my tap filled book. I almost said the name of it, but you'll figure out what it is. I, I think I already told people what it is. I think so too. The Stranger Beside Me by yeah. Anne Rule. Yeah. So if I, you don't know what that book's about, then you don't then, get the satisfaction of knowing right now. Yeah. But if but, you do, that's what it is. Yeah, I color coded all of the things. Yeah. So like, I mean, you're not allowed to judge judge these people. I guess that's true. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did like different tabs for like victims, for like the trial, for the arrests. Yeah, it's all color gone. I bought new highlighters. <laughs> I noticed that today because you pulled to out highlight. You pulled out like a bunch of them. We went to this coffee shop today to like finish what we were doing and we sat down and I was like like we both like sat face where like our computers were facing the wall because it's like weird when you're yeah. Googling murder in yeah. public. But then you pull out like your 70 highlighters and your sticky notes and I was like, okay, now <laughs> this just looks weird. We're but, just creepy, but okay, yeah, I guess I can't really say much because I... <laughs> no, you absolutely can't. So anyways, they were able to do that, <laughs> but like some people, and I'm going to give a little hint, don't don't say too much about it because I okay. know you, you know, uh-huh. but some people suspected before anything came out about this that it actually sounded like a police scanner in the background, which mm. we work in a new or not anymore but used to work in a newsroom where we had a police scanner on all the time and it is a very distinct sound so yeah and like the radio scratch is pretty Mm -hmm. obvious and I mean like the first time I walked into the newsroom um to like work on an article that was like the it made that sound and I immediately knew what it was not even knowing that we had one in the room so it's a pretty distinctive thing so that could that's interesting. Honestly, I don't hear it in the in the video or in the recording. I'll show you it here in a second. I don't hear it, but someone slowed it down, and so I'm okay. sure if you do that, you, maybe you can hear it. But yeah, but yeah. So it's super interesting. <laughs> so okay, so that is like everything about you need to know about his crimes, and he right. And how many murders did he commit? Twelve murders. Twelve murders. Forty five rapes, rapes. More than a hundred burglaries. Goodness gracious and that's me. Just what we know. So, well, there you he, go. So he commits his last murder in 1986. And mm-hmm. then the only kind of only thing we hear from him afterwards is his phone calls. So interesting. That's the end of the Golden State Killers crimes. And now we're going to talk all about all the interesting stuff, which I love. So <laughs> um, honestly, I just kind of wanted to get past that part because the what I'm about to talk about is even more interesting. So right. we'll tell you about it in part four. Yep. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Bye.